Welcome everybody to the Birth Sisters podcast. Today we are going to be discussing birth plans. Yeah, um, we are so excited to talk about this. Meg's got some good um, questions on her Instagram that we're going to go over, but um, first we should do like a little life update. It's been a while since we've hung out and it's been, we've been both been on vacations and stuff. So let's do a little life update portion. Okay, sounds good. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. So um, we've been on a couple vacations to family reunions and was I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but I found a midwife because I'm pregnant. Ah, yay. Um, I've been wanting to talk about this on the podcast for a while, but I didn't know when I should. We and just we just did two really long episodes yeah, too. So yeah, and we haven't announced on social media yet, so that's why like I was waiting kind yeah. of, but like we still haven't announced on social media, but it's fine. Um, the podcast knows first. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and it's relevant to the podcast more than a bunch of strangers on social media. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah. Um, How far along are you? I am 16 weeks, so I'm already in my second trimester, which is crazy. Whoa. I feel like it's going way faster than my first pregnancy did. Yeah. Um, and I found out when I was seven weeks, and we were planning this one, we got... A lot of kind of like I don't know how to say it. it's like we got a kind of like a lot of elbow nudges <laughs> like that Royal was an accident since we had him 10 months after we got married right. but he was also planned um, and yeah we were just excited for him to have another sibling yeah. and so oh cute so I'm due on February 3rd 2023 so two three two three I love it I know I, it. I know it's so great um And yeah, it was a little bit difficult for me to find a midwife this time because I I wanted to interview more midwives Um, with my first pregnancy. I only interviewed one midwife and went with her. And so this time, I think I interviewed like four or five and I was like kind of disappointed by some. Like I thought it was going to be a good fit, but I just didn't get like the right vibe and I don't so know. we just... haven't even really like I mean you've kind of told me about your search for a midwife a little bit but we haven't even like discussed it yeah. so how did you find the other lady yeah so I asked my mom um just who she knew because I know she she's a doula and so she's been in the Utah birth sphere for a while so she knows a lot of them um so she sent me some recommendations I did interview like two or three of those um and then I just googled like midwives near me birth centers near me and then kind of like looked through and see like kind of to see if any of them stood out to me at all um so let me see if I can remember all the ones that I should I name them just because you didn't get the right vibes then somebody else will yeah yeah So, um, I interviewed a woman named Melody. She was my mom's midwife for her last birth and she is, um, certified but unlicensed. So she specializes in twin and breech home births. Um, so I interviewed her. She's awesome. She has lots of experience. Um, and she has a, like a birth center that she works out of in Lehigh and in Spanish Fork. So she has like a good spread. Mm -hmm of where where she can work um and then I interviewed 
Liz Stika at Two Leaves Midwifery okay. in Orem, and she had a really, really nice birth center. I was like, I was like, dang, I want to give birth here, <laughs> um, but it just wasn't like the right fit yeah. um, at the time. I definitely could see myself, like, working with her in the future, though. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, different pregnancies, mm-hmm. you need different care, yeah. and so... Yeah. Which is why I'm looking into n- new midwives right. in the first place. Right, I love my old midwife, like, for sure. Yeah. It was, like, she was so awesome, and I definitely want to use her again in the future. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just thought I'd interview some others for this one. Um, and then, so Melody and Liz and... I interviewed um, Angie Blackett from, I think it's Beautiful Mountain Birth. Okay. Um, and she has an assistant named Sarah. And Angie's actually um, not taking any more clients past, like, January, I think, okay. or something. Because she's um, moving on to work in a hospital. Um, but she has um, some people, that, or, like, some midwives that are taking over her practice. So the Beautiful Mountain Birth Center... I, they have two. I only visited one, and it was awesome. I was like, dang, I want to get birth here. The birth centers around here are, like, pretty nice. It's it's really cool because it's a place that's, like, literally just focused on yeah. taking care of women. Yeah. And so they're all, like, so beautiful and peaceful yeah. and, yeah. Totally, like, curated for your needs. And it's, like, some birth centers have multiple birth suites, but the ones that I toured, they had, like, one birth suite. So mm-hmm. you, you're going to be, like the only one there giving birth at that time. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, so that was um, really nice. I really liked Angie and her assistant, Sarah, um, who's going to be a certified midwife soon. She's getting her certification, like, right now or something cool. like that. So um, them at Beautiful Mountain Birth. And then I interviewed Roxana Maurer, who I can't remember. I think hers is Angel Baby Midwifery. And um, she attended two of my mom's births, and she taught a class in in high school for me. Yeah, and she's so, kind of like a family friend also. Yeah, yeah, so she's a family friend, and I already knew that I, like, loved her and that we, like, clicked really well, but I haven't seen her in a while. So um, I, like, went into the interview, like, very open-minded, but, like, re- but also really hoping that it was a good fit because yeah. I really wanted her to be my midwife um after all the I don't want to say like letdowns but like all the midwives I felt like I had interviewed so many midwives and it was disappointing to like not find a fit over and over again and like you're not that you're supposed to but usually when you're pregnant you like find a midwife before 12 weeks and And then start care and start care at 12 weeks you have like your first prenatal appointment at 12 weeks and I had gone over that and I hadn't had like a prenatal appointment so I was like it, it doesn't like really matter I know I'm low risk yeah. and yeah so it wasn't like oh my gosh I need to like I need to have care right I'm now. rushing I'm rushing yeah. yeah and but it was I was like feeling the like pressure I, I yeah. want to I want to find a midwife um so yeah I interviewed her and it went really well and I asked her to be my midwife and um, I got to hear the baby's heartbeat at oh, that appointment, so did. that was so awesome. That's it, so cute. It's so, like, even though I've, like, been through this before, it's, like, it's, like, firsts all over yeah, again. Yeah, magical it's so nice. still. Yeah, it's yeah. still wonderful. Cute. So, 
Oh, yeah, that's what my a life, good update. life update. Yeah. What what have you been up to these last couple weeks? Well, my life update is that I'm also pregnant. <gasps> no. Are you serious? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> oh my gosh. I We oh blew out the speakers. <laughs> I don't want to say like I know I or like I knew. But you had a feeling. But I had a feeling because I knew you guys wanted to have another. Yeah. But I, yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. Thank that's you. That's awesome. Yep, that's why I was pushing so hard for us to record a podcast this week because I wanted to you tell wanted you. To <laughs> oh my goodness. And then you were like, I'm going to announce mine during this episode. And I was like, Hey, me too. <laughs> Were you planning on doing that before? Yes. I, oh yes. my gosh. So that's it was like perfect. Perfect way to tell. I know. Congratulations. Thank that's you. so exciting. When are you Thank due? You. So I'm due at the end of May, like, or not May, March. March 27th. Oh, I've already, gonna, I've already so done close. that like so many times, May versus March. It's going to be. We're going to be so close I know, together. I know, like, like maybe a. A month or two. I don't know. I'll probably give birth probably close to your birthday, actually. So Wait. My due date oh. is the end of March. March. Oh, okay. So then, like, I might go over into April. Oh. Wouldn't that be cute? That would be. Yeah. An April baby. Yeah. So cute. I know. So. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. That's my announcement. And you you went to Mexico just recently. Yeah, yeah. So How that was that. It was really fun. We stayed at an all inclusive resort oh. and Zach's family took us, so that was really nice. But um we got food poisoning for oh, one of the nights. I heard that. Which it was actually we we traveled there on my birthday and then like ate dinner there and then my birthday dinner was what gave us food no. poisoning. So it was oh. like unfortunate. But I was we were really glad that it was food poisoning and not like the flu because it just lasted yeah. like one night and then yeah. we just were then fine. we were fine the rest of the trip Dang. but that still yeah. sucks it, it was a little sucky and it was like we were sharing a room with ella and we were sharing a room with zach's sister savannah and so we like Ooh. kept both of them all up all night and but all together it was like a super fun trip and we had a lot of fun so oh, that's, it was good it's good yeah it looked a lot of like a lot of fun oh thank you all right, should we get into our into our birth plan episode? Yeah, let's talk about it. I am really excited to talk about this, and I'm like glad that you suggested we did this next because I have a lot of friends that are pregnant right now and like in their tri- first trimesters, and so like this is very yeah, good and useful. relevant for them. Yeah, so we just want to preface this episode by saying that hospital procedures are mostly one size fits all, and you can kind of like see that in our previous like intervention episodes that they just kind of do the same thing for everybody no matter what it's just like the hospital policy right um but i believe and i know you believe that birth care should be individualized right and that's why you took so long to find a midwife yeah and also why a birth plan can be super helpful so what is a birth plan a birth plan is basically for a way for you to communicate your wants and your wishes to your healthcare provider during your labor and after the birth of your baby. Um, it typically covers things like pain management, postpartum care, and newborn procedures like right after your baby is born. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can make a physical document outlining or listing out your preferences for labor and delivery 
For my last pregnancy, I didn't do that, but Megan did make a physical document, and it can be really helpful to, like, actually have proof of what you want and have it all listed out, so. Yeah, Um, and one of the questions that we got is why do we need a birth plan or why do I need a birth plan? And birth plans basically just keep you and your baby safe because you can show them exactly what you want. Right. It's just like a good way for you to advocate for yourself in labor. While Um, you're not like really present. Right, right. Like your birth plan is going to be your voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So a birth plan will give your care providers a clear view of what you want and what you don't want which makes them liable if they go against what you consent to. Yeah. Because yeah. I know a lot of moms are like, oh, I don't want an episiotomy for obvious reasons, and then the doctor just cuts one anyways. Right, and then they are legally liable for going against your wishes. Yeah. Espe- yeah. yeah. But, um, if and birth plans are also especially helpful if you don't have a support team, like a husband or a doula or your mom or whatever, your birth plan is going to advocate for you while you're in labor. Yeah. So. Um, and when you're in labor, you're not going to be like super focused on the things around you because you're focusing on birthing your baby. Right, right. Um, and if you have a birth plan, your care provider can refer to it if a decision needs to be made. Um, and then that saves you the brain power of having to think about it in the moment. So, like, you've already gone through, made all of your decisions. Yeah. And they can just refer to that. Um, and an example of this is if you're in labor and your contractions are getting intense, the doctors and nurses want to know if you want to get an epidural. And if it says on your birth plan that you do want one, they can go ahead, especially if you signed all the paperwork beforehand. Yeah. And if it says on your birth plan that you don't want an epidural then they can let you continue laboring without asking you about it. Or if they try to pressure you to get one, or your, then you or your partner can clearly state what your choice is as listed on the birth plan. It's just kind of like, kind of like a buffer so you don't yeah. have to be having these debates while you're in labor. Yeah. You just say, I've already made my decision. It's on the birth plan. I do want an epidural. Or yeah. I don't want an epidural or all those things. Yeah, and then... Like, they can offer, like, different pain management yeah. things. Like, oh, do you want a peanut ball to, like, yeah. you don't sit on them, but, like, position Play with. with. Yeah. yeah. Or do you want to, like, come and, like, squat with the squat bar? Yeah. Or do you want to use a birth stool? Or things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to go over some of the most important things to put on your birth plan. And this is a pretty long list. Um So I don't know if you want to, like, grab a piece of paper and write it down or, like, put this in your notes. Um, We could probably post this list on our stories as well. Yeah, yeah. Just so that you can refer back to it. You can, like, screenshot it. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So I'll I'll do two and then you do two. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. So um, it's important to put if you want medications or not, pain medications, antibiotics for GBS, things like that. Um, If you want free movement... Um, if you want natural water rupture or not, or intermittent monitoring or EFM. Um, if you want dim lights or if you care what position the lights are on, if you want a water birth or not, if you want an episiotomy or not, um, or limited to no cervical exams. You can put on there if you want a membrane, membrane sweep or not, or if you want to be able to eat food or drink. 
if you want medical students allowed or not, or um, if you want Pitocin for prevention or only in emergencies. Um, you can also put on there if you want a gentle cesarean, if it's necessary, or you can put on there if you're trying for a VBAC. If you want IVs or not, and if you want nitrous oxide or not, and nitrous oxide is laughing gas. Yeah. Um, and then the last couple things that you can put on there for like during labor is if you want instrumental delivery or not, and if you want a lotus birth or delayed cord clamping or not. And with a couple of those things, um, you know, in an emergency situation, you might want some of those things. So you can preface those like no instrumental delivery unless absolutely necessary, which I mean, your definition of absolutely necessary might be different than your doctor's. So you just might want to like write out more detail of what... No instrumental delivery unless I've already moved positions, if I've already um, tried walking around, like if I've already tried such and such and such things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, After delivery, some things you might want to put on your birth plan are um, immediate skin to skin and delayed cord clamping. Um, You should put on there whether you're saving the placenta or not, and then also put your preference on who cuts the cord If you want your partner to do it, or the provider, or yourself. Um, If you want to try to breastfeed as soon as possible, and if you want them to give the vitamin K shot or not. If you're planning on doing circumcision or not, put that on there. Um, Eye ointment or delayed eye ointment on there as well. Um, If you want them to give the baby an immediate bath or not, or and if you want delayed exam, which is where they do like the measurements of like how tall they are and how much they weigh yeah yeah um if you're doing formula or not if you want a hep b shot or not if you want limited visitors you can write out like who is allowed and who isn't if you want to do um pacifiers or not and if you're planning on donating your baby's cord blood yeah so that is a long list that's a lot of decisions and info but remember that you have from the time you're listening or you basically you have nine months to research while you're pregnant you can even make these decisions while you're not pregnant but like you have nine months to research and make choices um on what you want and what you want to put on your birth plan um so one of the questions that we got was when should i start making my birth plan um and you can really start whenever but here's kind of what i recommend Um, start researching as soon as you find out that you're pregnant. Um, you know, you can wait, like, a couple weeks, probably, and be like, oh, like, just, you know, bask in your pregnancy. (laughs) Um, but really, like, you want to start researching as soon as you find out that you're pregnant. Um, and then have, like, a rough draft by the end of the second trimester, and then have your final done by the time you're about, like, 36 weeks, Mm -hmm. so that you can share it with, your husband or your doula or your birth provider or your care care provider provider. or um yeah yeah I think I like I love that timeline I feel that's good and that's like enough enough time to research all those things and decide yeah and ponder over it so um one of the other questions we got was what happens if your birth if your plan doesn't go perfectly how you want it to And obviously, like, that's going to happen. Like, nothing can go absolutely perfect. 
Um, and your labor might not go how you expect it to, but that's okay. Labor is super hard physically and it's hard mentally. And so not going to plan is totally okay. Um, but a couple things that you can like help make it more how likely you yeah. how you to go how you want it is by doing visualizations or journaling um and it's also statistically proven that your birth is more likely to go the way you want it to if you prepare and if you do your research if you make a birth plan have a doula and take a birth class so those are some things that you can like if you're feeling anxious or nervous about how your birth and labor is going to go you can do those things in it um is proven to like help it go more to plan um there are some things that you just can't prepare for but you can decide beforehand how you'll react to it totally um and i did visualizations like almost every night in my third trimester and i would just do it like as i was like laying down to go to sleep i would um just envision how i wanted my birth to go Um, My mom also suggested that I do visualizations of what I would do or how I would react if something happened, like an emergency transfer. Um, So I just would think, like, through my birth and, like, how I wanted it to go. And I mentioned in my birth story that I wanted to give birth on October 1st. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say that I manifested that, but I think I did. Like, I visualized so much that I... And that's, maybe that's, I don't know, I believe in, like, the spirit speaking to me. (laughs) So maybe that was the spirit preparing me for that. um, To go over my due date and, um, yeah, just prepare me for that labor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also prepared for my birth with visualizations. um, But probably the most important thing that I feel like I did to prepare for my birth was to get to know and trust my midwife. Like, we spent so much time together. We spent, like, an hour together every couple of weeks. And then into my third trimester, it was every week. And getting to know her and, like, really trusting her and asking her questions um, helped me to trust what she was telling me in labor so like for example when I had high blood pressure um I knew that I could just trust Melissa and do whatever she said so when things didn't go as planned like I didn't plan to have high blood pressure during Mm -hmm. my birth um I was able to just kind of like turn towards her and um trust that she knew what to do and what I should do so and it wasn't like blind faith. You no. knew her and you knew her experience and that she was going to take care of you. And it wasn't just, you know, I wasn't blind just trusting faith. her because yeah. she was knowledgeable. I was yeah. trusting her because she was my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Which probably helped you bring your blood pressure down. Oh, as well. 100% did. Yeah. 100%. Um, Yeah, so I got another question on my Instagram that said, what if the individual delivering my baby doesn't want to follow the plan? And my response is to fire them immediately. Um, If your care provider mentions at all that birth plans are a hassle or make things more difficult in the delivery room, um, that is a major red flag to me. Yeah, like if you present them like, hey, I made a birth plan, here are some of the things on it, and they say, oh, I don't do birth plans, say, you're fired. Because you 
please remember that you are hiring this person to serve you. You're in charge, not them. So you say what goes. Yeah. And these are like, yeah, you call them birth preferences, but these are like your hard and fast decisions. Yeah. Don't be loosey-goosey just because they have a (laughs) plaque on their wall. Like, this is about you. It isn't about them. Yeah. An obstetrician is a surgical professional, yes, but that doesn't make them more qualified than you to make decisions about your labor and delivery, especially if you're low risk and especially if you've done your research. Mm -hmm. And one of our friends kind of had this experience with her OB. She said, I don't want an episiotomy. and And he was like, I have to do them if I have to do them. And she was like, no, I literally don't give you permission to cut my body. And he was like, I have to do them if I have to do them. And she's like, I understand that, but can you at least, like, recognize and respect my wish that, like, yeah. if I don't want an episiotomy, you're not going to cut one? Um, and also something to remember, like like I said, you're hiring them, and you can 100% find a new care provider into your third tri- trimester. Yeah. And, like, one... Our, our midwife, Melissa, literally, when I was under her care, she took on a woman who was, like, 39 day, thirty-nine weeks and six days. Like, she was one day away from her due date, and she was like, I don't like my IOB. Can you be my my midwife? And Melissa was like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so, like, it can, and I understand, and this kind of also happened to our friend that I was talking about. I'm trying not to say names, because yeah. I said names in the last episode, and I had to, like text people and be like by the way I accidentally dropped your name but anyway (laughs) our friend who had this experience with the OB like kind of she texted me and was like I kind of want to switch but I'm already so close 29 weeks or whatever 30 weeks so do I just like let it go and just like stick with him and I was like no don't but she which and she did and that's fine like that's that's what that's what she made the decision but she came to me afterwards and was like, I really regret not switching because it didn't go how she wanted it to. And like everyone deserves their birth and their labor to go how they want it to. Yeah. So basically you can find a new care provider into your third trimester or even halfway through your pregnancy. Like you can totally switch if you want to. And if you're not comfortable switching, that's okay too. But I've even heard of women firing their OB in labor yeah. and they just have the nurses attend them. Yeah. Or there's other um, doctors at the hospital who can come in yeah. or whatever. But Yeah. So you don't have to have anybody in the room that you don't want to. Yeah. That was a big thing for me when I was giving birth. I was yeah. like, I almost hired a doula and then I was like, I'm not really comfortable with this girl, so I'm not going to have her yeah. be there. Yeah. So. And on my and on my birth plan, I had no kids in the room um, because we live with my in-laws and they're they like my sisters-in-law are younger. And so I didn't want them to, you know, come looking wander for their mom because yeah. I did have my mother-in-law there. And so I didn't want them to wander in. So I made that known on my birth plan that if, you know, a, a one, kid. Of the, one of the kids <laughs> came in that like the assistants or my doula or Annie could have escorted them out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to our next question is how do I set up a birth plan? And the template that I used for my birth plan is from mamanatural.com, which is a great resource all across the board for all things 
birth. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so I got my template from there and I just customized it by like remaking it on Canva to fit what I liked best. I kind of changed the colors and some of the like yeah. little pictures. Cute. And that was one thing that I liked about the Mama Natural Birth Plan is that um, it used like little graphics so that, you know, your your care provider can see that's a shot like that's a syringe with the cross through it so that means they don't want a shot it just made it yeah it made sense for my brain to be like yeah this is the way easiest way to see yeah what i want i love it so you can look on google or pinterest for birth plan templates and there are a lot of different kinds out there i would say that you don't need to pay for a birth plan template Mm -hmm. i know that lots of people like give out free ones but there, and if you like really need help finding a template or finding um, one that you can use, Megan and I can help you. Yeah, um, totally. But if you Google it or if you look on Pinterest, you can totally find one that you can then customize and make your own. So, um, and like kind of while we're talking about this, my birth planning process wasn't necessarily like making a hard copy, printing it out. Um, and giving it to people mostly because I don't know it's kind of weird to me now that I think back because I love like designing and printing (laughs) and so it's like kind of weird that I didn't do that but I really just didn't feel like I needed to and I was also like focused on so many other things it was also COVID and so my brain was like and just in a weird place altogether but I didn't print one out and like make it just because Mostly because of the trust that I had with Melissa, with my midwife. Like, I had spent so much time getting to know her. We were friends. Like, we were really close. And I knew that my birth preferences aligned with her birth practices. And I also knew from all of my experiences with her that she was going to get informed consent. Yeah. Like, I knew that that's how she worked. She always asked. She always explained really well. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't feel the need to write my birth plan out. But we did discuss a lot about what I wanted beforehand. And so, yeah. And that's something that I wanted to say earlier about the midwifery care model of, like, prenatal care is that you're going to be meeting with your midwife for like 30 minutes to an hour. um, Every visit. Every visit, whereas you'll probably see your OB for five minutes maybe, Mm -hmm. which you can't really build that trust. You can't ask the in-depth questions and get the in-depth answers that you need in five minutes. Yeah, yeah, and that's like... It's their fault, but also it's not their fault just because they're seeing so many people. And that's why midwives take on less clients than OBs. Um, But that's like something to remember if you care about really getting to know your birth provider like deeply, (laughs) then you might want to choose the midwifery care. And if you don't like if you're fine to just trust a doctor and just like talk for five minutes every couple of weeks, then that's fine, too. Yeah. Um, So... I said this before, I sent my birth plan to Annie and my mom and showed it to Adam in my third trimester so that they could get familiar with it and um, kind of the same thing. I didn't necessarily like print it out and take it to my prenatal visit with like for Melissa to see because I already knew that her birth practices aligned with my birth preferences. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really feel the need to, I just wanted like 
the other people in the room to like yeah know what I wanted yeah um and it which ended up being super good because I had on my birth plan no Pitocin unless there was an emergency so when my midwife asked if they could give it to me and I wasn't mentally able to think about it Annie and my mom and Adam were all able to like be like yeah she can she wants that yeah because I had it on my birth plan yeah um I I mean I don't think there's really any right way or wrong way to write a birth plan or to have a birth plan I think it all comes down to your preferences and like if you feel confident that you've educated yourself and you've learned about all the pros and cons to different labor and delivery practices then um, you can figure out what's going to work best for you so if you type it out great if you don't that's okay too and yeah so I also got a few questions on my Instagram when I asked about like birth plans like what are your questions about birth plans I got a few questions about how to know if you want a home birth versus a hospital birth versus a birth center birth so we're gonna do an episode about that very soon Um, and then also just as a last note like while we're talking about birth support and birth plans if you need support um, during your pregnancy there are crisis pregnancy centers that you can go to to get support Um, you can search for them on um, standingwithyou.org that's a really great resource like if you're wondering just for crisis pregnancy yeah. things um, so if you or like anybody you know are like in a crisis crisis pregnancy you don't know you know how you're gonna birth this baby you don't have the support system that you yeah. need um you can go on standing with you and you can search for these crisis pregnancy centers they're everywhere they're like they're there are so many of them and people just cool. don't know about them um so standing with you you can just go search there's several in utah valley oh cool um so yeah if you or anybody and there there are tons like all across america so if you or anybody you know are experiencing a crisis pregnancy um that is a really great resource that they can they can go to and that is our episode thank you so much for listening we will talk to you guys very soon thanks Bye. Bye.